we're humans and we're meant to grow. And on the other side of that growth that you've just experienced in hitting your stride is your next frontier of growth. And I think what pushes us to grow is very often a pain point or a painful ending of something or a limitation that you have to move past. And for me, oftentimes that frontier of growth was burnout and recognizing for me, burnout has often showed up as my inner knowing, my intuition is telling me like, not this, not this sister friend. Welcome to Marketing Unfiltered, where I ditch the highlight reel and share the unfiltered truth about how to get clients online. The good, the bad, and the OMG, thank God I'm not the only one. I'm Sophia Para. Let's dive in. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to Marketing Unfiltered. Okay, today we have someone on the podcast. Gosh, I'm not going to lie. We had a conversation that I really feel like I needed. I know I've been saying time and time again that something I really struggle with is avoiding burnout. Y'all, I have been burnt out so many times. It is literally getting embarrassing because every time I feel like I figured it out, I come on this podcast and I'm like, oh my gosh, look at me. I figured it out. This is what I suggest you do. (laughs) And then I fall into some really awful habits all over again. So I have done a lot of work on that this year already. I think I've shared a few times. I'm really working on this in therapy and and really trying to do the inner work to understand where these patterns and beliefs are coming from. That's kind of getting me trapped in these same uh, traps. But this conversation was very helpful to me. One thing that Kristen really illuminated to me was that I have always related to burnout in a really negative way. Like it's something that makes me feel like I'm doing something wrong or like I failed at something in some way if I'm feeling burnt out. But Kristen has a really different way of looking at this. She says, if you're struggling with burnout or just being worn out in your business, it's actually a sign that you're being invited to up level and you're not taking the opportunity by the horns and running with it. In other words, it's kind of like a sign, right? Like, hello, the business, the way you're running it is not working, right? And sometimes it's really hard to figure out what that is, like what the, how to make it work. But what I find interesting about this conversation is the order of events in figuring this out, right? So often people burn themselves out trying to fix the thing they think is broken in their business. But what Kristen is saying is, among so many other things that she says in this episode, is to actually incorporate more rest in your business first. So when things aren't working, when you're trying to like figure stuff out, instead of like hustling through that, take a break, right? Like put put more boundaries in your schedule, create a rest strategy, which the fact that you can create rest strategies was mind blowing to me. And I loved this concept as well. And what's going to happen is thanks to that rest, the growth is more naturally going to unfold because with rest comes creativity, strategy, and clarity, which I have absolutely experienced this as well. I'm always better with some rest, but I also forget that in the moment. And then I just like muscle through the problem, right? So as someone who is super type A, I'm obsessed with how Kristen strategizes around these concepts. Like I said, who knew you could have a rest strategy? It's just genius. And for 
fellow type A folks like myself, you're probably thinking, oh my gosh, yes, I need a rest strategy. (laughs) That's what I need. So in this chat, we're going to have a conversation around what the heck does rich actually mean for you and how do we come up with this definition for ourselves? Because what rich looks like for you might not be what rich looks like for me. Also, which might not always mean money for you, right? So getting really clear on what this is, is so important when coming up with your rest strategy. We also talk about what comes first, making enough money to be able to rest or incorporating more rest to be able to make more money. I kind of gave you a hint on the answer to this, but I also just loved this part of the conversation. We also talked about how to know how to spend your time so it actually moves the needle, mistakes people make when trying to get more rich and more rested, Plus, in her spill the tea, I loved our spill the tea chat. She offered so much gold here around her favorite client generating activity and her favorite list building activity. You really need to pay attention to those two things. And finally, if there isn't enough juice in this episode already, I also want to draw your attention to the show notes. I'm 100% obsessed with the gift she has offered you today. I've actually already started using it. It's essentially a rest calendar. So you're going to download an assessment and based off of the results from the assessment, you will be assigned an ideal get rich and rest rested calendar for your business and for like the type of person that you are. And from there, you can implement this calendar right away to start seeing results. All right, my friends, let's get into the episode. Kristen, my friend, my brand new rested and rich sister, I am so excited to have you on Marketing Unfiltered. Welcome to the show. We are so grateful that we came on 15 minutes early. Just we thought we're like, of course, there's not going to be a tech issue today. But for some reason, let's just come on 15 minutes early and double check. There were major tech issues. We couldn't hear massive tech issues. I was underwater. It just the story went on. It was unbelievable. (laughs) It sounded like you were scuba diving and trying to communicate me from the other side. Like, I felt like we were on like Stranger Things. You know, when they were like communicating with the lights. Have you seen that episode? I haven't even seen Stranger Things. Oh, no. Oh, no, Sophia. It's okay. We're going to come back, girl. This is our comeback story. This is our comeback story. P.S. You need to watch Stranger Things. I feel like I'm going to make... I love that show so much. It's like... Everybody loves it. I'm the only one who hasn't watched it. It's really like... It's like nostalgic. I mean, not that like... I mean, I was born in like the end of the 80s. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I, can, I don't know if I can call myself an 80s baby. I wasn't raised in the 80s necessarily, but it still has like a nostalgic feeling about it. But then there's like monsters and aliens. And I don't know. I just love that, that stuff. <laughs> So, I mean, we were out of, uh, straight out of an episode of Stranger Things was us trying to get on Riverside FM and record this podcast. Yes. Yes. And I will say I am for the first time since doing this podcast, not on a mic because there was an issue. So I truly have no idea what we sound like right now, but you know what? We're going to roll with it because it's breezy. Look at us. Whatever. (laughs) We, We go with the flow. Like said got- no one ever about me. Like, she's super easy going, real chill. I know, me neither. Not, that's not my brand. That's Fine. not my brand either. So this, so this is a challenge, but I feel like we're going to meet the challenge <laughs> together. Great. I'm really proud of us, Sophia. Really proud. 
Okay. I'm really excited about this conversation. And I also didn't even like, we didn't even talk about how this podcast goes down. So uh, let me just tell you how this works. Right. I, I kick things off with a section called spill the tea. Um, and that's really an opportunity to get like a behind the scenes scoop of your business and really like the questions we always get from people, like what's your favorite way to grow your email list and things like that. That's just kind of like the behind the scenes. And then we're going to move into the topic of the day, which I'm so freaking excited about. And that's about getting rich and getting rested. Because let me tell you something, like I am so excited to meet you because I feel like this is such a theme in my life right now. I'm like trying to crack the code on this. And I struggle with it. I know so yeah. many people in this audience struggles with it. So to actually meet someone who has cracked the code is like really exciting for us. So thank you for chatting to us about it. Absolutely. And just to set the record straight, right? Like that's always an evolving process. Yes. And we're going to get into that. We're going to get into the weeds of that. But, you know, to just set it from the get-go. Yes. Everyone has their own definition of rich and rest looks different to everybody. And so the idea that there is a code to crack, right? There's not. There's you to get to know better and boundaries that we put on ourselves to save us from us. And also it's an evolving process and we keep going through different stages of our business and our lives and our definition of rest changes as we get older and our definition of rich changes as we get older. I know it has for me at least. And so I'm excited to get into all the details of this, but wanted to say that off the jump that. No, um, I actually think that's so important. Well, you know, one thing that I was going to actually ask you was like, did you tap into this messaging around like being rich and being rested because of yeah. your a personal experience with burnout or anything like that. Like how, how did you, come, how did you discover this? <laughs> Obviously, Sophia, we don't teach any of this stuff because like it came out of nowhere. No, because we were fucking around and yeah. I was not feeling rich nor rested. Right. <laughs> um, that's how we start these sorts of projects of ours. Um, yeah. So to your point, Yes. Experiences with burnout. Yeah. They've happened. There, there's been about three. It's like, take your pick. Kind of almost yeah. at every season of growth. I feel like that's actually a very common and normal phase of your growth phase, right? Like mm. you start in this experimentation phase, kind of like a spring, if you were to map it to the, the seasons. And then you start getting a plan. You start noticing some patterns, right? And you're you're playing to that and you're growing and you're growing. And then you really hit your stride. And I feel like when you start hitting your stride and things are really working for you, that's kind of almost like a, a fall type of season. We're reaping the harvest, but we're humans and we're meant to grow. And on the other side of that growth that you've just experienced and hitting your stride is your next frontier of growth. And yeah. I think what pushes us to grow is very often a pain point or a painful ending of something or a limitation that you have to move past. Yes. And for me, oftentimes that frontier of growth was burnout and recognizing for me, burnout has often showed up as my inner knowing, my intuition is telling me like, not this, not this sister friend. And me being the planner, the woman with a spreadsheet, I'm like, listen, listen, lady. Okay. We just got ourselves here. 
I don't want to listen to you and your little knocked up plan that we can't continue on this path I've been on. And so I ignore it. And then starts the crap fiesta, right? Of illnesses popping up in my body and waking up with, you know, stifling anxiety in the morning, constant worry for the set from the second I open up my eyes. Um, so we've had that experience. We've gone through that about three times now until I listen enough. And I think wisdom and maturity is learning how to listen to the nudge sooner so that it you don't have to wind up in the hospital yeah. to get the memo uh, that it's time to grow and and let go of something that's no longer serving you and step into you know a more expanded version of your work and you. Wow. Uh, that's happened thrice at this point, and bit by bit, I'm getting a little bit a little bit more willing to listen sooner, and that comes also as a as an effect of resting more. You know, if you're not living such an accelerated life all the time, your nervous system is regulated and you're willing to listen to uncomfortable information that something's not working. It's not for you anymore. Something's got to shift, which it always needs to shift when you own your own business. It's always got to change. And you're more equipped to handle that with calm and a little bit more grace than when you're sprinting for your life. and. then it's really inconvenient. If you're in full sprint mode and something's telling you that you need to slow down and take a left, a yes. hard left, then you're really going to buck the system. And that's when, you know, the universe hits you over the head with a two by four and lands yeah. you in urgent care, right? Totally. And I really am hearing this reframe too. Like I, I heard you say, like, it's usually the burnout usually hits when it's time to grow. Like when it's, it's kind of like a, like a sign or something like, Ooh, yeah, I, my body's trying to tell me something. I've maybe I've outgrown this period. It's time to step into my next level or whatever it might be. I really love that because it's actually kind of given me permission to treat myself a little nicer because I am in this phase right now. And I wasn't looking at it like a sign, like, oh, this is the next phase. I was looking at it like I fucked up again. Do you know what I mean? That's how I was seeing it. Yeah. Right. And then we, that critical voice inside of us starts judging ourselves like you always do this. You know, you're to this, you're to that. That's how we got ourselves here. Why can't you fix it? And it's so critical and judgmental. And that gets us nowhere but shame and more resistance. Who's going to want to listen when that's the messaging coming down on us? Not me. So I'm going to push off making those changes that my intuition is telling me to make if that's the party line, right? Like, you idiot. You always do this. You're too intense. You're too this. You you can't get it right. You know what I mean? You whatever, whatever it is. But yeah, there's that reframe, you know, we can start practicing asking ourselves better questions and start interpreting that moment differently in a way that is actually energizing and empowering, right? Like seeing that burnout situation as there's a message here for me. There's a gift being given. What is it? What's being asked? Like I'm on the precipice of growth here. Yeah. So what's that next stage of my evolution? What does it look like for me? And 
I'm so glad we're having this conversation. Yeah. Yes. And I have this so many right questions around this. And and I and so we're that's exactly what we're gonna talk about. I also I looked, at, I looked at your calendars, I looked at like how you set it up. I think it's so genius. And so like I have a lot of questions around this. I also got questions from the audience. So like, they're so freaking good. Like, I can't wait for you to answer these questions, but let's start with spilling the tea. Let's get, let's get into the nitty gritty. You can think of this like a fire round, even though you don't have to like rush, but it's just, you can think of it kind of like that vibe. She's Um, an Aries, Sophia. Okay. (laughs) She likes a little fire. Go for it. Good. I like it. (laughs) All right. If you could go back in time to day one of business or first year of business, whatever resonates with you with you most and give yourself some kind of a warning, like don't do this or do this sooner or stop doing that. Start doing this. Does anything come to mind in from that first year or beginning of your business? Yeah. Immediately something comes to my mind and it's not sexy. Okay. It's not some sexy thing like go for the scalable offer, Kristen. No, it's not that. It is the least sexy topic, which is finances and financial management. And the advice I would give to my younger self, I think a lot of people can relate to this. When I became in charge of my own business, looking at the money, bookkeeping, accounting, I had an extreme physical reaction. I would start sweating. My blood pressure would spike. My palms would get sweaty and, and I, like my heart rate would start increasing. And that comes from, you know, a household where like money was frequently talked about, but always we don't have enough of it. Yeah. Right. So then you go looking into your business finances and that same fear that I felt as a child of like, uh oh, uh oh, there's not enough money. We, you know, this expense popped up and we don't have enough for it, even though that wasn't my actual reality in my business, I was doing well. My nervous system responded the same to looking at money. And my advice to my younger self would be choose your accountant wisely. And this is the place to invest. I cut corners in my early days of business. And I went with like the cheapest bootstrapping way that we could work the numbers. I started my business using my family's accountant, uh, Richard. Bless him. Richard had an office entirely filled with Star Wars paraphernalia. Okay. <laughs> he was a big time Yoda fan and homeboy worked like two days a week. Okay. You called his office. You'd never get him. His assistant would be like, Richard's out grocery shopping today. Might be back on Thursday. And you'd be like, okay, well, the IRS has sent another message. So hope he gets back to me. And my message to myself would just be like, if there is ever a place that you want to invest um, and pay extra and do all your research, it is in who you hire to manage your finances. Um, and that was a really important thing for me to delegate. Uh I should not be the one that is doing my bookkeeping and accounting. That's not my zone of genius. But I didn't do enough research. I didn't know what to look for in how you choose that financial manager in your business. I don't want the person who's cutting corners. I want the most buy the books person who's going to burst my bubble and ruin all my dreams and tell me no before I hire Mr. Richard with his Yoda dolls telling me like, 
listen, they're not going to look at your piddly dink business. Let's write this off. And lo and behold, he misfiled my business entity and thus began years of improper accounting and the IRS, like having years of having to undo damage with the IRS. And the least sexy answer would be that like, girlfriend, don't cut corners. Don't go with these kind of piddly dink accountants yeah invest in top-notch by the books people and i have a wonderful cfo who i adore now and i love working with women cfos too yeah you know it's a very different experience so oh my that gosh. would be my advice i have made this mistake too and there's a whole podcast on the the many mistakes were that came after with but after this one it was almost like a it broke the seal to so many mistakes because it was my my mentality was off about it yeah. i was just like oh okay so this this less expensive accountant who also really enjoyed cutting corners because they thought that's what i wanted that made me happy and then i also was like oh look at this return look at all this but actually it was shady shit and i was just exactly. focusing on the number but it was like did not. I mean, I, I love that we went through such a similar experience. Yeah. Yes. And I think maybe, maybe it's something about the hustle of starting a business. Yeah. Naturally you're in hustle mode. And so when you spot an accountant who's in hustle, flexible, entrepreneurial yes. mode, right? You're like, that's my guy. That's my not guy. Not your guy. Yeah. Red flag. Yeah. Turn left. <laughs> It was not hire that person. I also think it had to do with my belief, my money beliefs too, because I was in such scarcity that, and I still struggle with this. Like, don't get me like every time I now buy the books accountant who does it all too well to the point. I mean, not too well, very like as well as he should be. But it's like for me, I'm still so trained and like trying to like get as much as I possibly can, even if it's a little maybe all. You know what I mean? And he does not let me do that, and I don't want to do that. It's just that it's a habit because I just you know what I'm saying. It's but that's the people that we should be hiring, right? In the realm of yes. finance and in the realm of legal. Yeah. The people I want on my team are the people that tell me no. Yes. In the realm of marketing and in the realm of like my executive assistant, somebody who I want to like, I want to experiment in these yeah. realms of marketing and like operations. I want to experiment and be quick on my feet. Yeah. In finance and legal. I want somebody who tells me no and yeah. has a good reason why it's no and like puts the rails on Kristen, the thinker, you know, 100%. with all the ideas. Yeah. A hundred percent. Couldn't agree more. Um, <laughs> what's your favorite way to grow your email list? Oh, okay. My favorite way to grow my email list. Let's see here. This is a great question. I've tried a lot of different things. And I think that for me, speaking and facilitating, like speaking and teaching, um, those yeah. are something that I pay attention to a lot in my business is what is your genius zone? And then positioning your offers and your marketing and your sales strategies in your zone of genius to play to your strengths. And so part of my zone of genius is teaching and facilitating. So naturally, like my favorite list builder way is when I get to um, speak at conferences and be growing my list in that way. Yeah. Um, to larger audiences doing summits. But 
A more low-key way that I also really love that also plays my zone of genius is collaborations. And one of my favorite list builders was creating um, a, like, here's how 20 women CEOs actually grew their business in 2020 during a pandemic. What were the strategies that 20 female CEOs used to grow their business in a pandemic? And it got me pulling all of my like top-notch friends in business. I put together this PDF. It really wasn't that difficult. It's an email out to people. But then you now have 20 friends in business sharing your resource. And you know, you're collecting this incredible wisdom and strategy from 20 badass women. And then everybody is sharing it. And that to me was like a win, win, win. I got to connect with my friends. I got to provide tremendous value to people. And it felt like I was generating a lot of momentum because I'm collaborating with all these different people and we're all helping each other. I loved that. I love that idea. I think that's yeah. so great. Like, and you can do it with anything, with any yeah. question. It doesn't have to be the, you know, how you grew your business during a pandemic. Yep. Insert your question here, but then go pull 20 people in your, you know, sphere of influence. It's an email. That's all yeah. it is, is an email out to people. Um, that everyone gets to promote. Yeah. Exactly. Genius. Exactly. Everyone write that fucking down. <laughs> so good. Um, what's your favorite sales generating activity? Ooh, my favorite sales generating activity. Okay. Um, my favorite sales generating activity is interestingly pretty high touch. And I say interestingly because I talk about scaling a lot. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when you're thinking about scaling, you need the ability to uh, touch a lot of people at the same time, right? And so going deep versus wide um, is not the name of the game when you're scaling. Yeah. But if you're asking me personally, I really value uh, deep, meaningful relationships to people. And I like making people feel seen and heard and appreciated in my, oh my business. God. Kristen, you are like, like, is this why Jordan connected us? You are seriously <laughs> speaking my language right now. This is kind of freaking me out. Sorry. Keep going. I, I'm sure this is why you and I connected because yeah. we value connection, yes. right? Yeah. And I think in an age of automations and chatbots and AI, that is becoming like a more and more precious resource for people to be actually seen and recognized. And you're not nameless. Like I, so to get to the point here, KD, wrap it up. Um, one of my favorite way sale generators is, um, I, this is a fun, rich and rested story. I was in a slow season of my business in 2023 and my business the summer months tend to be slower. I work with a lot of women who many of my customers, um, my clients are also mothers. Um, and so summer months, they're taking care of the kids. They are not in business growth mode, right? But I still 
want to be growing my business. Um, and so I was getting frustrated. I was feeling like, damn, these things that I'm doing aren't working. My sales are slowing. What am I going to do? And I was getting anxious. And instead of slapping together some crazy marketing campaign and sales campaign, what I did is I took a two-week vacation. And I went into the mountains. Um, I live in Puerto Vallarta, Mexico. So I live in Mexico. And I went into the mountains and I lost all internet connection, no cell phone reception. And it really calmed me down. Get away from your cell phone. And I guarantee you're going to feel better. And when I came back two weeks later, I had this clarity and ease I was like, I'm going to just do a giveaway because nothing makes me feel excited to sell, like giving away something insanely valuable because my whole energy to selling shifts. I feel abundant and generous when I do a giveaway. And so then I sell the shit out of my stuff in a giveaway where sometimes maybe I'll question myself and hold back a little bit otherwise. But when it's a giveaway and I'm giving away a $5,000 offer for free, I'm like, you, your mother, your cousin, your aunt, y'all need to hear about this. I want you to win this. And I promoted it and um, I promoted it a VIP day giveaway. I'll give you all the tea, girl. Let's We're talking tea. Let me tell you exactly how I did it. So I promoted the giveaway on Instagram and... You had to join my email list because I was going to give the giveaway questions in my newsletter. So we got to get people on our list. Got them on my list, right? I had two questions. And my two questions were about their goals for the year, as well as their biggest challenge to scaling their business right now. Now, those are excellent market research questions for Mm -hmm. me, right? I'm, I'm scratching your back. You're scratching mine. So I'm saving all of these market research questions. And there's a giveaway winner, but there's only one who wins this VIP day giveaway. However, now I have a list of all the most engaged and hungry people in my corner. I make my giveaway questions, my qualifiers, like easy enough to encourage people because it's very vulnerable to share with an internet stranger what your goals are in your business and what your challenges are. So I made it easy enough with two questions, but hard enough where it's not like, you know, common a palm tree in my Instagram post and you're entered into the giveaway. No, I don't want those people getting a VIP day from me. I want somebody who cares. And now I've got this whole list of all the people who are the best fit clients for me. And what I did is I recorded personalized Loom videos to every single one of those people where I went on to their websites. I dug into their responses to me about their biggest goals in their business, their biggest challenges. I spoke more to those. I gave them a couple pieces of advice and I extended to them, you know, um, an offer for the VIP day that I wasn't extending to the rest of the community. it was a 40K of additional revenue, new revenue generated in addition to my existing, you know, revenue streams just from that one sales move alone. So, you know, was it the most scalable 
offer of them all? No, but I loved it because I got to connect with my community, you know, and, and go deep. Like I like to do. And they felt really seen it fortified my relationships with people. I loved it. Okay. I am a broken record about something that I call nurture events. And it's essentially exactly what you're walking through. It's like really? you're creating a reason for people to reach out to you. And for you, it was a giveaway so that people were like hyped about this giveaway. And for me, I do like Q and A days on my text list. Like I have all kinds of versions of this, but it's exactly That's this. Fine. So I can truly understand what is the thing? And then from there, I know what the invitation is. Sometimes it's like, okay, not everyone's ready for whatever the offer is. Sometimes it's a lead magnet. Sometimes it's another conversation with me. So it could be so many different things, but sometimes like as you're illustrating here, it's a VIP day invitation. It's a membership in my community, my membership. And because of that nurture event, the invitation can actually happen. Right. And I feel like I harp on about this stuff and I think no one believes me. I feel like everyone's like, oh yeah, here she goes. Like all this extra work she's going to make us do. (laughs) This is why it is so important. And this goes beyond posting a carousel on social. Like, you know what I mean? This is about relationship building. And what you just walked through is a hundred percent an example of what, like I said, no one believes other people do. And I'm like, no, I promise you, like the most successful people online are doing this because Amen. it's about relationships. And people just think that's like, they're they're like buying into the posts on social where people are like, oh yeah, all I do is post once and I make a million dollars. Do you know what I mean? Girl, I'm... the faceless Instagram accounts. I know. No shade on any of your listeners who have one of those faceless Instagrams, but like it goes against everything that I value in business. Like it is like you're talking about it's relationships. Yes. And it's being a human and it is showing your face and giving a shit about people. Yeah. You know, a hundred percent. I have a few more still the tea questions, but let's just dive right into talking about getting rested and rich because I know we have a a hard stop and I just want to make sure like we get to the the juice. I mean, good. You have shared so far has been so fucking good by the way, but like, that's why I'm like, let's definitely get to Let's jump in. Okay. You started this conversation with something that I feel is really, really important. And I wanted to circle back to it. Not everyone's definition of being rich and rested is exactly the same. And I'm curious, how do you help people define what that is for them? Because I feel like until recently, I was kind of just assuming like my dad's definition of it. Do you know what I mean? Like I didn't realize that actually wasn't my definition until recently. And I'm just curious, like, are there certain questions you have people consider? Like, how do people define this for themselves? would you recommend? First off, yes, right? How many of us have put on our goals list for the year, earn $100,000, and then it becomes earn $500,000, and then it becomes break the million dollar mark. And you're just chasing after some arbitrary revenue number without having, it has no meaning. So the way that I guide clients through defining rich and rested for them is first starting like the fun stuff, right? I mean, imagining it's visioning. And I usually use 
five years out, I like that time frame, And I ask people to describe what they want their business and their life to look like five years from now. And like, go ham. And my recommendation too, is to do this pen to paper. I think that's a really powerful process versus being on a screen and doing it digitally. When I do this visioning process for myself and I do it every year, I do a refresh every single year. I lead myself through my own business retreat that I lead clients through. I lead myself through it. And I take myself to a little restaurant on the beach. I get a table in the sand early as shit in the morning so that nobody bothers me. And I sit there with my journal and I write out, you know, what do I want my business and my life to look like five years from now? And then you start putting price tags to that vision. Okay. So you want, let's say my version of rich involves having a team of three to four people. What do those positions cost that I want to make up my ideal team in my business? I want a home near the beach where I have also a couple of extra bungalows for my family and my partner's family to come and stay with us. That's reflecting my values of what a rich life looks like to me. I love being surrounded by my people. And those bungalows are also there for clients that are flying in. And I'm getting to host a personalized retreat for them and their business and they get to escape. So what does that cost? This is so important to making your vision of a rich business and life a reality is actually writing it out. Get really freaking detailed. Who's participating in it? Who's yeah. in it? You know, what are you doing? Where is it? How much does it cost? And most importantly, how do you want to feel? Right? Mm-hmm. Like, you can get to 100K, you can get to a million and be 100% miserable. And I see it all the time. You yes. wouldn't believe how miserable people are earning oh. a boatload of money. It's not about the money, you know? And it's about, for me, feeling at peace and having quality relationships, liking myself, feeling healthy, feeling balanced. And so then what are the aspects in my life? What do I need to have time for in order to feel that way. What makes me feel balanced and at peace? How much yes. time does that take, right? That's how I go about helping people get really granular about what rich and also what rested looks like for them. Yeah, and I th- I would imagine getting that specific is very important because I think when you're not specific, that's when you don't even know how to, like when, you're co- when you come to a moment of needing to make an important decision, it's like until you have created that guidepost for yourself, it can be really easy to just be kind of like reacting to everything yeah. on your calendar or reacting to whatever comes your way instead of being very intentional about the choices that you make. And actually this kind of reminded me of a question from one of our listeners who submitted this to me yesterday. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I wonder, this could be a good time to bring her up. She wrote, I am tired AF. And yet I feel like if I rest a minute, everything is going to fall apart. On the one hand, I think I need a rest to hit my money goals. And on the other hand, I feel like I need to hit my money goals to rest. Curious what your thoughts are on what comes first, the chicken or the egg. <laughs> this is it. Homegirl penned it perfectly what everybody is thinking. It's not just yeah. her, right? It's all of us. What stops us from resting is that thought of if I'm not working, I'm not making money. Yeah. And if I'm taking a break, then I'm not going to have enough money. I'm being lazy, right? So what do you do is the question. And my recommendation is to start incorporating rest in many stretch ways. 
Okay. I don't think swinging to the extremes helps anybody necessarily. So I would not go to this person and be like, you know what you need? A month long sabbatical. No, because she probably grew up with some money scarcity stuff in her household as a kid. And if I tell her don't work for a month, she's going to freak out. That's not what we're going to do here. But maybe we could start by creating, I think, one of the lowest hanging fruit to start incorporating rest is a clear shutdown time for your work. So do you have a shutdown routine for when you're working? Do you put boundaries around it? A lot of my clients, when we first start working together, there are no boundaries. Like boundary who, you know? And they will be oftentimes, again, many mothers and they will work a full day only stopping to feed the baby. And I'm thinking of one client in particular uh, who I met at an entrepreneur retreat and she would shut down the laptop just to feed the baby and have dinner. And then lo and behold, when the baby's put down to bed, she'd open up the laptop again, eight to midnight. Yeah. Um, 1am. And that is the first place I would start mm-hmm. is creating a shutdown routine and time where you give yourself mental and physical rest and you don't open up the laptop again until morning. Your brain needs to rest. And let's just start on the bookends of our day where you have like a clear start time and a clear shutdown time. And when you shut down, how are you resting? Because you're going to feel really different if after you shut down work, you dive into your cell phone and start scrolling social media and see that chick that's in your industry who you think is killing it, even though you have no idea because you're not her accountant. And like, it's a lot of smoke and mirrors on Instagram. But anyways, comparisonitis kicks in and you're like, oh my God, I'm so behind. Oh God, she's doing this. I need to do that, but I'm not doing that. That's going to be one experience, probably anxiety producing, or like what I do is my shutdown routine. I close down between six and six 30. That's my good time for me. And I put on my shoes and I go for a walk every day, every day I go for a walk. And that really makes me feel rested and mm-hmm. recharged for everybody. It's going to be something different, but that would be like my low hanging fruit is creating these bookends on your day. So you're not going to go and take a month off right now. That's not how you're going to get rested, but maybe you start with putting some bookends on your day and make making sure that you also take a break in the middle of the day to eat, drink water, and give your brain some rest time. And this stuff is in your calendar and it's protected. You know, I don't work between 1 p.m. and 3 p.m. every day. You're not talking to me between 1 and 3 because my brain is at its slowest during those hours anyways. So I'm going to give in and yield to it and I'm going to rest. I love. And then I'll pick back up from 3 to 6, right? That's what works for me. But for somebody else, it'll be something different. So you really are defined, like the rest is put into your calendar and it's valued just like an appointment with a client. It's not like you can't schedule on top of it. This is when the computer goes off. This is when I have my walks. This is when I eat my lunch. And just by putting that structure in place, you're holding yourself accountable to your rest. Am I such a good point? Yes. And love it. That goes also for, you know, okay, we started with like, what's step one? Yeah. These bookends on your day and take a break in the middle of your day. Step two. Okay. Now she's like, she's getting a level two in her jazzerciser class. She's getting a little frisky with rest. Step two, I would start planning a three-day weekend for yourself. Maybe it's once a quarter, okay? If it, if it really f- 
freaks you out to take time off, start with once a quarter, you plan a three-day weekend. What I do is I'm once a month, I plan a four-day weekend for myself. And my four-day weekend is happening tomorrow, Friday. For instance, you reached out to me on Instagram and said, let's record this podcast. And you asked if I could record on Friday. My answer, I have to respect my own boundaries. Yeah, And it is calendared. So I just set a recurring calendar hold. Every four weeks, I take a four-day weekend and it's in there. And so then when I go and people ask me, can you do this on this day? You see it and you're like, you gotta say no. No, I can't. And I'm willing to put opportunities off a little bit in order to respect downtime for myself because I know that it makes me the business owner and the leader that I want to be taking that time off. Oh my gosh. I love that. I love thinking about like what, like what does a four day, four day weekend look like for me every once in a while? Because I don't even think about that. <laughs> no, right? You, I mean, like, the rail, the cart goes off the rails when you own yeah. your own business. All of a sudden, now that you're not working for a company, you're like, oh, I don't need any holidays. We get into starting our business yeah. for time freedom. And then what do we do? We like become our own worst enemy and we give ourselves no holidays, no breaks, right? Thinking that this is freedom. Yes. And for me personally, I need structure. I need some form of structure to save me from me. Because if I don't have it in my calendar, I will not take the time off. I'm going to get to that point that I thought I was going to take time off. And I'm going to say, I have too much to do. I can't take time off. No, 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 no. So I calendar all of my off time at the start of the year. And I, for instance, I'm going to take three weeks off in March and April. And I have clients, Mm -hmm. three full weeks. I'm not talking to anybody, Sophia. I'm going to Argentina. Good for you. I'm doing it. (laughs) But I have to set that calendar hold and block everything else. And then you figure out the how. And I think that goes with a lot of stuff in business, right? You set the intention and you think it's absolutely bonkers bananas. But once you commit, then your brain starts getting creative about how am I going to make it happen? Yes. Yeah. So now, so those are beautiful first steps for incorporating rest strategies. And I have a voice in my head and actually so reflected in the questions that came through as well. So I think everyone who asks questions is going to be like, oh yes, this is what I'm wondering too. I feel like then how you fill your time matters even more too. Because if we're going to get rich while we rest, like you have to be even more specific about what's actually making you money in that time. Do I have that right? A hundred percent right. Obviously, because you're such a badass. (laughs) You know exactly what you need to be thinking about next. Yeah. Which is in the hours that you are working, where are you investing your attention and your energy? Yeah. Yeah. Now, it seems like this should be a really simple answer. And yet I feel like people really struggle with this one. My question wants to be, how do you decide what those things are? And yet it's like, I mean, I feel like everyone can figure it out. It's like, what's what's generating you the things that are getting you clients, right? But I do find that a lot of people get really stuck here and they start thinking, well, I should be posting on social media three times a day or things like that, that aren't necessarily really what's getting them clients Mm -hmm. is, do you have any tricks on how you like zero in on the things? I'm just whole work, Sophia. And it'll be like an entire other podcast, uh, about getting into that. But let me start really high level because I have a habit of getting detailed and then we can dig in wherever you want to dig. Okay. To figure out what the heck you do with that time to get the most leverage on it. Right. I think about it as like, what is the highest 
ROI activities for my business? What are the highest ROI activities for my business? And then how do I prioritize those? And the way I go about doing that is first and foremost, start do a time audit. So before you start like jumping into any crazy plan to get rich and rested, you need to know your baseline. And usually we're pretty delusional about where our time goes. So when I talk to somebody and when, even if you were to ask me when I'm not doing a time audit, like where do you spend your time? I'd give you the buttoned up KB answer. But what I'm going to leave out are those 45 minutes that I went down the rabbit hole on Instagram. Instagram, right? And that really shifted my mood and sucked the life out of me during my rest break. We need to get real about where your time is going. So I would recommend that you start with a doing a time audit of where you're spending your time for two to five business days. I do this with every client. And then we look through that time audit at your activities and we identify which ones yielded the biggest return on investment. So whether that was financial return on investment or also energy and satisfaction, those are both wins for me. Because if you are energized and feeling positive momentum in your business, you're probably taking bigger risks. And if you're taking bigger risks and putting yourself out there and talking about your offers and services, you're probably going to make more money. So we look at through your time audit and we're highlighting what are the things that are the highest returning on investment and what are your lowest ROI activities, okay? What are the things in where you spend your time on a weekly basis that are sucking life out of you, that are distracting you, that are causing you frustration and anger? So you're giving your attention to that kind of stuff rather than your potential and your growth and what you're excited about and paying attention to your people. You know, we get clear on those things and then we get clear on what's your zone of genius. So what are the three skills, talents where you are naturally the most effective, where you create extraordinary results with relative ease? And most people write off their zone of genius and they think everybody is good at it. Yes. So that's always a clue for me as I'm listening to them as a as a client. They'll be like, yeah, but Kristen, I don't think that's it because everybody's good at it. And I'm like, ding, ding, ding. We found it because no, not everybody is good at that thing that you think is so commonplace. And the reason why you think it's so commonplace is because it's easy for you. Yeah. And that's where I want to position somebody in their offer strategy and their marketing strategy and in their sales strategy, I want to position them in and I want to dedicate their time to bring it all back. I want to dedicate their time to activities that are within their zone of genius. And if you are spending 70% of your time in your zone of genius, your business is going to be wildly different a year from now than like you mentioned, right? Oh God, Susie Q is doing this on Instagram. And I saw this reel where they told me that I needed to be posting at this time with this hook on my reel. And then I'm going to make it big. You know, when we get distracted by that stuff, by what everybody else is doing, and we care more about what everybody else is doing instead of where are you exceptional and just focusing your time on where you create extraordinary results with ease and Like that's what makes all the difference. So I start with time audit and then we start dedicating your deep work time is what I call it uh, to activities within your zone of genius. And we get really crystal clear on what is creating financial and energetic returns in your business. Oh my God, this is so freaking helpful. I I wish I could keep you on so much longer. I have to let you go. However, what I think is even better about this conversation is that you actually have kind of like a workbook 
that you're giving everyone that I have dropped in the show notes. And what I love about this workbook, everyone, I've already downloaded, I've already used it. I've like, I'm, I'm telling you, everyone needs this is that it kind of gives you a bit of an assessment to understand where you are in terms of energy level, how full you are in terms of your business and the time that you have. And then it gives you, I think, five or six different options of calendars that incorporate rest. So you can pick the one that's most aligned with your assessment and then work on that structure so that you are putting in rest time into your business. And then from there, she actually asks you questions to uncover what you can be using to make you richer and what you can be doing to make you make sure that you're like using your rest time to the highest quality. So if you're like, I love this, Kristen, and also how she's giving this to you inside of the show notes. So do not feel like we're leaving some details out. No, now you can get started with this conversation and you can go even further and actually change your schedule starting right away with the link in the show notes as well. Have I left anything out? Is that- No, you are the ultimate hype woman, Sophia. (laughs) And I'm going to write to you and your assistant and I'm going to ask for this clip and I'm going to put that shit on my landing page for this freebie, okay? Because you're the ultimate salesperson and hype woman. Yes, that's exactly what it is. Um, It's so good. It's so good. And it's like, and I think like for anyone who's just like, okay, I need to, I know I need to be changing things, but I'm not really sure what to be changing. I think you really like said something really specific here throughout this conversation. The answer is different for everyone. And that's okay. Like people get frustrated with that answer, but that's actually a good thing. It gives you permission to find what that is for yourself. And that is actually the secret sauce, not doing what everyone else is doing, but actually finding like saying yes to a guideline to uncover what that is for yourself. And that's exactly what this does. Exactly. You're brilliant. I'm so grateful that you stopped by. I'm so grateful that you took the time for us today. I love this conversation, Sophia. And I love the questions from your audience. You have such a bomb, killer, intelligent, real audience. I love the questions that everybody brought to the table today. And I, you know, I really hope that people use that guide. It's called the Five Rich and Rested Calendars for sustainable business growth. And like you said, it's meant to give you a legit calendar of you're going to work these days and you're going to take these days off. That is based on the season of business and life you're in because somebody who is a new mother is not, should not be using the same calendar that somebody who is a hustling 27 year old first starting their business um, with all the time in the world. No, your calendar should look different. And there's something for everybody in there about how do you at once grow your revenue and protect you from you and rest more. I love it. Everyone get it in the show notes. And Kristen, thank you so much for being here with us. I love this conversation. Thank you so much for having me, Sophia. Give yourself a pat on the back because you made it to the end, which means you gave yourself and your business some time today. If you found this episode helpful, I want you to know your support is what makes it possible for us to keep making it. So it would make my day if you gave us a five-star rating and review. I also want to make sure this podcast actually answers your marketing questions, like for real, for real. So if you're a coach and you've got a marketing question that's keeping you stuck, just DM it to me over at Sophia Para on Instagram. Or if you're in the United States, you can text it to my personal number at 917-810-2418. That way I can share resources or create a future episode just for you. See you on the next one.